Hey everybody, Nitan Mosri here, the Traveling Investor, and welcome to another show, the Traveling Investor Show. And of course, I'm your host, Nitan Mosri. And let's not forget to say hello to Master Yoda, always watching in the back. And we all know what Master Yoda says, do or do not, there is no try. And on our show, you know, the tagline is master your mind, body, and wallet. And I like to always bring people to the show and interview them that can add value to you, my listeners, uh, whether it's learning how to perfect and master your mind, your mindset, your body with health, well, you know, fitness and so forth and nutrition and your wallet through all types of investing, be it real estate investing, crypto, stocks, affiliate marketing, whatever it is, we're going to bring people on that are experts in the, in that field and share with you information and knowledge and really dig deep so that you have information so that you can go out and live life on your terms. My goal for this show and for what I'm doing is to help you build your business that will revolve around your lifestyle rather than creating a lifestyle that revolves around your business or your job. And with that, today I have an incredible guest. Her name is Dwan Bent Twyford, and she is amazing. She's been involved in real estate for over 30 years. She's flipped over 2,000 deals herself. And just before we got on, on the air, we were talking how Dwan right now is also, she owns and she's flipping a town. She's renovating a town, and we're going to talk about that on the show as well. But let me quickly introduce Dwan. She's America's most sought after real estate investor. She started out as a broke single mom who'd been fired from Denny's. Does that ring a bell? Can anybody relate to that? You've got enough meat at the end of your, you got more meat at the end of your month and you don't know what to do. Well, Dwan was there just like a lot of us. She now heads up Investors Edge University, a company that specializes in training new and seasoned investors in a wide range of real estate investing techniques through live workshops, weekly webinars, a member site, coaching, and seminars. And as I've mentioned, Dwan's flipped, she's flipped over 2,000 deals herself and is more than qualified to share her vast knowledge of real estate investing with America. She's also affectionately known as the queen of short sales. And get this, she's considered to be the nation's number one expert on short sales and foreclosures. She's written three bestsellers, short sale, pre-foreclosure investing, how to sell a house when it's worth less than the mortgage. And her most recent New York Times bestseller was written with Steve Forbes, Success Anomics. Wow, that's awesome. She's highly sought after and has been featured on Fox and Friends, MSNBC, Naomi's Good Morning, Colorado and Company, and many other TV, radio, podcasts, and print medias. This woman has a lot of information, so I suggest taking a pen and a paper and taking notes and listening to what Dwan has to say in our conversation. Dwan is also a top-rated podcast called The Most Wonderful Real Estate Podcast Ever. Gotta love the name. In a market dominated by men, Dwan has certainly made her mark. Her goal never changes, to make a difference in the lives of others. So without further ado, I'd like to bring on Dwan Ben Twyford. Dwan, how are you? Hey, I'm so good, Nissan. Thanks for having me on today. 
Yeah, it's awesome. So we uh, just realized that we're a couple of miles away from each other. I know. We could have had lunch on the avenue. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's fantastic. So, all right. Great story. You were a single mom. You were fired from Denny's. You were broke. What happened next? Tell us the story of who you were before you became the queen of short sales. Oh, gosh, I tell you, it's just so funny how things work out. Well, you know, you're in Florida, so you've been here a while, right? I've been here for about 11, 12 years. Okay. Do you remember the big Denny's down on Oakland Park Boulevard? The it big was... one that everybody used to go to after all the clubbing? And stuff? I worked at that Denny's. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I got fired on third shift in the middle of the night. I mean, who gets fired from Denny's in the middle of the night? Um, so basically, I just had a, a string of super endless jobs. And I got married. I had a baby. I was 30. I was like, all right, you know, I'm going to be like Susie Homemaker, be the Girl Scout mom, you know, the, the homeroom mom. And then my husband and I went through a, an unexpected separation when my daughter was only eight months old. Oh. So having spent like a decade waiting tables and just doing, you know, dumb jobs, uh, I was really faced with a moment of, do I go back to work? You know, do I start something on my own? And my main thing was just how am I going to raise my daughter without having to put her in daycare? And, and, you know, and I always like to say nothing against people that use daycare. But I waited until I was 30. I really wanted to do those things, the homeroom mom, the girl, you know, the field trip mom. I wanted to be that person. And my dreams were squelched on me right there. And I was just looking for something I could do where I could work from home. I could raise my daughter. And real estate investing found me. How did and, it find you? Well, I was looking, you know, it, it's with people today, they don't understand. Like in 1990, we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have pager around the internet. <laughs> so if you needed a job, it was in the classified section of the newspaper. Mm -hmm. So I was always looking at a newspaper, going to all these interviews and everything was multi-level marketing. Mm. And so now I'm going to all these uh, meetings and I'm seeing kind of the same people. We're all looking for something. And I met some people that were rehabbing houses. So they're like, well, we buy houses, we fix them up and then we sell them. So my mind heard we're going to buy a house. We're going to decorate it, like fix it up by decorating it. <laughs> and I can sell it, make a profit. And I thought, oh, gosh, decorating houses for a living. I can do that. I love to decorate. And. So I literally went door, I went to the courthouse in Palm Beach County. So like, you know, the area uh, in Palm Beach County and I used to handwrite all the foreclosure. They used to use that map book and go find deals. And I found my first house. I put the deal together and I made 22,000 bucks on my first deal. Wow. That's and that awesome. was a lot more money than I have to make in tips for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay, all right. Fixing up houses, but that's not decorating. So I, I learned the hard way that rehabbing and decorating are not even remotely on the same playing field. And, um, but after I did that first house, I really liked it. I liked the freedom, I liked working. I liked the physical work. I liked my daughter being with me. And I just kept doing a deal and a deal and a deal and a deal. And now 30 years have gone by and I've done over 2000 deals. Wow. And writing books and all kinds of crazy stuff. And it's so hard to just think back to that first house. I, I just didn't even know what I was doing. Like at all. <laughs> Did you, when, when you got started, 
did you have someone, a mentor, a coach, someone to guide you, to help no. you with all the pitfalls? So how did you learn? What were you, you know, how did you know where to look, what to look for? You know, what were the pitfalls? <laughs> Seat of my pants for real. We didn't have a RIA group even. Like RIA is the Real Estate Investing Associations. There wasn't even a RIA in South Florida yet. That didn't come to like the mid nineties over in Boca. The mm. first one down here was in Boca, which is still running. And so I was, I knew enough from these people like to look for people that were in foreclosure. Thought, okay, so they're in foreclosure. I can fix up their house. I can sell their house. Again, thinking I'm just going to custom make some blinds, put up some picture, put some plants, like put some furniture, you know, <laughs> nothing like that. And uh, so I was just going up and handwriting all the foreclosures and mapping it out. And I was going baby on hip and I was going door knocking. So I found the first woman in Boynton Beach was my first deal was in Boynton Beach. And this woman agreed to work with me and she moved out and I moved in and I lived in the house. I rehabbed the house. I sold it. We did a profit share on the deal. We both made good money. And I thought, hey, that was fun. You know, I was caught off guard for sure because I didn't know how to fix things. So I, I took Home Depot classes. <laughs> the Home Depot on Fulbright in 95. Uh -huh. I sure. took 2,000 classes over there. Those people would see me coming and they would like run from me. <laughs> I knew if I grabbed one guy, I was like, okay, listen, here's what I'm doing next. I need you to tell me how to do this. So the guys at Home Depot were the ones that really – Taught me how to rehab. Wow, that's amazing. What was your mindset like? Were you were you going in there and saying, ah, I'll try it, see what happens, and if not, I'll move on to something else? Or did you have the mindset of, you know, I got to do this. There's really not um, much else to do. Well, I was living in Florida already. So I had moved down to Florida after high school. So I had been living down here since I was basically 19. Mm -hmm. And so now you know, I'm like a full decade later. And I really like Florida. My family is from Ohio. <laughs> and when my husband and I split up, they were like, oh, you can come back to Ohio. You can live in your old bedroom. And I was like, gosh, darn, moving back to Ohio, living in my own bedroom with my parents just did not seem, I just couldn't do it. I, I thought, you know, honestly, I'd rather just take my chances and go in the ocean, just pray a shark would eat me. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just couldn't, I just couldn't do it. And I thought, well, all right, so it's time to put on a big girl pants and I'm going to find something and I'm just going to make it work. And if it doesn't, I can go back and get a job. But I knew enough to know that at 30, if I got into a job to support my child, I would like probably be locked into that job till she was 18. Right. So I'm thinking ahead, like, okay, I'd be 50. Now, when you're 30, you still think 50 is really old. Mm -hmm. right. <laughs> so anybody that's listening, if you're like 25, 30, you're like, wow, 50 is old. I, I, I thought, wow, I would be an old person having this job. Because, you know, when you get to be 60, you're like, oh, you know, 70 doesn't really sound that bad anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I just knew, like, I knew enough to know that I, I could probably figure it out. I had a lot of gumption. And I didn't want to just wake up one day and be what I thought would be an old woman and working and my daughter was raised and I missed everything. So I, I figured worst, worst, worst case, I could get a job. But if I didn't branch out right now, if I didn't have anything going on, I probably wouldn't take that step. Right. Yeah, that's so true. You know, so many yeah. people get caught up with that, with that fear of what if it doesn't work? What if it, you know, what if I fail? And then they don't do it. And right there they fail. They fail immediately. It's immediately. like, even if you fail, 
you still succeeded because at least you did it. That's right. Even, you know, when I look at it, if you, when you fail, it's like failing forward. Yes. You're still moving forward. Yes. You, I say that all the time. I say, people, listen, if you fall flat on your face, at least you're six feet ahead of where you were a minute ago. That's right. <laughs> but if you never did anything, you're still in the same spot. I mean, so, now I can't even imagine at my age, especially now, that I would have had a job this whole time and let somebody else tell me what to do, make my hours, tell me when I can vacation, mm -hmm. limit my income. Because when you work for yourself, there is no real ceiling. I, I mean, I became a millionaire. And mm -hmm. if you would have told me when I was 19, I'd be a millionaire from flipping houses, I would have been like, no, that's never happening. Right. And, um, and so I just really I have always enjoyed the freedom, you know, working for myself, raising my kid. Doing, I mean, I did all those things my whole life, you know. Mm -hmm. I didn't get remarried till she was 13. So oh, it wasn't wow. like I was single for a minute. I was single for 13 years, mm -hmm. working and buying rentals and just making it happen. Mostly, I think, because I was afraid I was afraid to be broke again. And I was afraid to have to get a job. And then after a while, you're just like, okay, I can do this. But I did not have the I can do this gumption immediately. Right. It, it took some time. And, and, and what's amazing is that the fear of not being successful, the fear of having a job is what moved you into where you were today. It wasn't necessarily the, the, the glamorous life or the, or the idea of, hey, I want to be a millionaire. That's what I want to strive for is more kind of the opposite where you're saying, I, I can't fail because I don't want to get a job. And, and it's funny yeah. because I have friends who are my age, you know, they're fifties, a little bit older than me. And when they were about 45, 47, 48, they lost their jobs. Yes. Their businesses shut down. Yes. You know, they were, they were in the CD manufacturing business. They were in videos. They were in all these types of, of businesses that just disappeared overnight because of technology. Yeah. And, and here they are, you know, midlife, what are they going to do? Well, exactly. I have so many people in my age. My family is from Ohio. So having graduated high school in the late 70s, Ohio was a really big General Motors place. So my parents, and I know that they meant well for me. They were like, you should graduate high school. You should get married. You should have kids. You should get a factory job mm -hmm. and work for a factory. And you can retire when you're 60 and you know work for the man. Right. And so I did that. My very first job, my first job out of high school, I went and got a factory job. And I remember only being there. So this is June in Ohio, mm -hmm. in the Midwest, in a factory. I've never been inside of one. I don't realize you stand all day. You're on concrete. There's no air conditioning. Oh. <laughs> and I'm only there a month. And I was thinking, like, why on God's earth would my family <laughs> want this for me? But, you know, they came from Tennessee and they were really poor. They didn't, you know, they grew up part of their lives without electricity and running water and using outhouses. Mm. So I, I get that that was better. But Lord have mercy. I was in that job for just a month and I was like, oh, for the love of God, I, I can't do this until I retire. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but, you know, but that was just sort of I was my my in Ohio. It was not go to college. It was like get out of school, get a factory job and you'll retire and your life will be great. Right. Thank That's God that did not happen to me. And if mm -hmm. you did that, listen, I kudos for you, man. But so many people our age are getting laid off and it's like, Hey, 
if you can hire someone 60 or someone 20 and the 20 year old will work for half, this person over here is really having a hard time getting work. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And it, it's, it's a scary thing. You know, people ask, you know, my friends and, and people that I know that have jobs and have that quote unquote security, they ask me, they say, you know, don't, you know, how do you live with, with the risk or, or the insecurity of not having that constant paycheck of not, you know, you don't know when you're going to flip your next house or when you're going to close on your next multifamily, you know, that's a big risk. I said, you know, what's even riskier is spending 40 years of your life building somebody else's dream or empire. And then one day they can kick your ass out and say, thanks for doing that. Yeah. I mean, my dad worked for the power company for 40 years. And when he retired, he got the gold watch and a little thank you thing. And I was like, 40 years. Mm -hmm. He got like a watch. A watch. That's right. So he can count how many more <laughs> minutes he has until he's done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. my God. I'm just so happy. that. And, you know, and I always tell people, like, listen, if you're doing that, you're in a factory, you work at a restaurant, you know, God bless you. But honestly, there's such a world out there. If you can just get outside yourself. Right. Absolutely. So what, what does your investing business look like today? Are you still flipping houses? Um, where are you finding them? Are you doing other types of real estate? Yeah, it's funny. Um, a, a few, my husband is from a little town called Clinton, Iowa. So it's a very little Midwestern. We're both like Midwestern kids. And uh, we, his, his high school has a reunion every five years. Like they're, they're wrong. They're like 200 people come every five years. There was a massive reunion. My high school had like a 10 year, a 20 year and a 40, nothing. Where it's like so lame. Uh, but he's in this little town and, and every year we're going back and I'm seeing this little downtown and it's one of those little downtowns that if you saw it in the day, <clears throat> everything was happening. It was the place to go. If you see it now, it's like a ghost town. Mm -hmm. So we're back there, and, you know, and this is just like, this is only like two years ago. It was recent. And, you know, we're wholesaling, we're flipping, we're rehabbing. I mean, we've done 2,000 deals. It's all going on. And we go back to this little town, and I said, you know, this town needs some love. Like, somebody needs to come in here and start fixing up all these boarded-up buildings. And I, I, I took the first step. I was like, let's just call the downtown and see what they're doing. Well, that was the end of the story because – we got involved. <laughs> we have purchased 15 buildings, which makes us officially own one third of the entire downtown. And we start just fixing these buildings and putting in little stores and like the bustle is happening. It's like Atlantic Avenue. If you remember way back when Atlantic was a ghost town and now yeah. it's like the Avenue. Mm -hmm. So we're sort of doing the same thing just on a, a tinier scale. But yeah, we own a third. We just, so, I don't know. We bought a building and we bought another one. And they're like, oh, you know, one more would be good. And and then like this little lady said, hey, I've got three. Or like, okay. And then the next one said, I've got three. Or like, okay. And pretty soon I was like, no, we have we have 15 buildings. Like, <laughs> what are we going to do with 15 buildings? Ah, so we are just rehabbing the crap out of them and renting out the spaces, opening little businesses. And this little thing is bustling. That's awesome. So let me ask you this. Share with, with our listeners, you know, people don't have a lot of money to go out and buy houses and put money into it to renovate and whatnot how would talking to someone who's you know fresh off the you know the the, the treadmill of the job and they want to get involved in real estate and they want to start flipping where would you suggest they start how would you suggest they go about finding the deals maybe finding some money to help them buy renovate 
You know, that, uh, Nisa, that is really, actually, it's a really good question. I mean, they're all good questions. But that is the thing that holds people back because they, they think from watching HGTV that fixing and flipping is basically doing an entire house, tearing out the walls, like it's this gigantic thing. But I tell people to wholesale. Find homeowners in distress, which is all public record. Get the house under contract. You only have to give a $10 deposit. And then you can wholesale that house to a rehab or a landlord and let them take on the financial risk. You just make the assignment money in between. And mm-hmm. that is actually how I started making real money. I was, uh, when I first started, I was rehabbing. I would move into the house, sell it, move into another one. My daughter was little, move into the next one, sell it, move. So I lived in these houses, rehabbed inside these houses. And I was doing it about five years before I discovered wholesaling. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, get her a contract. I can sell it to a rehabber and not be the rehabber. Right. And everything changed for me. When I started wholesaling houses, all of a sudden I'm making three, four, five hundred thousand dollars. I'm making, you know, then the next thing I'm making a million. I was like, oh my God, how is this possible? And I mean, I have like, you know, barely high school, no real estate license still today no formal education i had terrible credit back then so i lost my house my husband my car like all gone and it changed my life so i tell all new people if you're especially if you're new and you have money or credit or anything wholesale houses because you make especially you know well anywhere really a two hundred thousand dollar house you average about twenty thousand bucks a deal so how many of those do you need to do to replace your income of your job mm-hmm Right. You know, so, and wholesaling does not require money or credit. So, right. if you have no money, no credit, and everything in your life sucks, you're in my boat, <laughs> and and I made it happen. Right. So you just go out, go to go to the city hall right now. You there, there are websites, I guess. You can go and you can find distressed yeah. properties, yeah. people that are in foreclosure, short sales, whatnot, yeah. bankruptcies. It, it, that's actually the county courthouse. All the count, courthouses are online now, and you can just go on to you know any courthouse in your county. And all the foreclosures, the probates, the divorces, it's all public record. And you just reach out to those people. Now, of course, I back then I used to go door knocking and talk to people. I understand a lot of people hear that and are like, well, I have to door knock, I'm not doing it. <laughs> but you can mail postcards, you can find almost everybody on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And you can reach out to a homeowner just from direct messaging them off Facebook, really. And there's, there's, there's a Craigslist is another place. There's so many people on Craigslist listing their houses to try to sell for sale by owner that are in trouble. So there's just tons of free information of people that are in a distress situation. So I specifically, for me personally, I've always worked the distress side opposed to like bank owned. I've always tried to work when the homeowner still owns the house mm-hmm. to, try to help them get a fresh start too. Right. And Work right. that side of the industry, there's unlimited. There's thousands and thousands and thousands of deals. In right, and, and 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 what's great with working directly with the sellers is that the new buyer can get a nice house at a deep discount because you're probably selling the yeah. house that what the owner owns on the mortgage rather than trying to get that extra profit for them. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the thing, and. And you know, and if the, if you find a homeowner and you know they kind of owe what it's worth, then we just do a short sale. We contact mm-hmm. the bank, we get the bank to discount what's owed, and then I can wholesale it to uh, rehabbers and landlords, and I can make twenty grand, and then they can fix it up and they can sell it retail. And as you know, retail, any house you put on the market gets like a thousand offers in the first day. Right. 
thing is, right. our things are selling like hotcakes right now. And that's the whole country. That's not just, you know, where you and I are at right now. That is nationwide. Mm -hmm. What markets are you uh, actively uh, investing and flipping in right now? So we, uh, we, we live in Florida and Colorado back and forth. And since we're so involved in this town, anything that we wholesale right now, we're doing it from Clinton, Iowa. So we're wholesaling other buildings to other investors to kind of like, you know, get our town grooving again. Uh, there's so many houses. Like in Clinton, you can buy a $50,000 house. Wow. I know in Florida, this is not possible. You can buy a 50000 three-bed, two-bath, $50,000, nice house that will rent for $1,100 a month. Oh, wow. I mean, it's crazy. So we're buying rentals there, too, because, I mean, how can you not? Yeah, <laughs> just It's like brings in 1000 bucks a month. That's crazy. So I, I tell people all the time, don't just get stuck with the fact that you need to buy in your backyard. There's a mm -hmm. lot of areas, and especially in Midwestern areas, where houses are super cheap comparatively, you know, compared to like Denver and Florida. I mean, yeah. down here in Florida, there's no $50,000 houses left. But they were when I started. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, yeah. They were. Absolutely. There's so many 50, 60, 75,000. I mean, I did a kajillion of them down here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember when we moved to Florida in 09 and I was flipping houses here in Lake Worth. I was buying houses, three-bedroom, two-bath concrete block for $16,000. Yeah, yeah. I've yeah. done Lake Worth. Um, just all, all around here, like all over the place, all mm -hmm. the way up to like 45th street is all over and you could get super cheap houses. Yep. Not anymore. No. Not, not here. Not here. Not here. That's why I tell people, don't be afraid to buy outside of your area. And I know it sounds scary, but there's property managers everywhere. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and would you suggest that, uh, if someone is buying outside of their backyard, would, would you suggest them? They going to that new market and investigating it, or could they really do it via just a computer? Well, they they really truly can do it via the computer. They can, but if someone thinks like, hey, you know what, I'm gonna uh, actually, you can just Google opportunity zones. So you can Google opportunity zones. It'll it'll list all the states. Click a state that you're interested in, and then just start clicking all the little cities and towns and look for a really great opportunity zone. And you find a really great area. And if you think like, hey, I may want to buy three or four or five area properties in that area, it's probably worth a business trip out there to, to check out what people are doing for work, what the good areas, what are the bad areas. Like this. But if you're just, you know, wholesaling houses, I mean, shoot, man, you can get a house on a contract anywhere. Right. And you can put it on your Facebook page and someone mm -hmm. will buy it. How would you recommend people finding the other, the end buyer when you're flipping? Right. So we talked about going and finding the foreclosures and the public and whatnot. How would you, how would a new person go out and say, okay, you know what? I can go to any courthouse website and I can find the deal, right? I could even put it on the contract, but who, who do I flip it to? Well, you know, that's one of the great things about these RIA groups and RIA is, you know, real estate investors associations. There are so many RIA groups in every city in the country. Mm -hmm. And there's on Meetup. I mean, there are so many Facebook groups. There's so many groups like that. So I, I feel like if you want to try to get a house on a contract, and basically you're wholesaling the contract, mm -hmm. um, there's a RIA group in every city. And most RIA groups now are still meeting online. So instead of you going to the local RIA group in Boca, 
the local RIA group, you can get online and join 50 RIA groups around the country. And most of them will allow you free memberships, especially right now. And you can put your house up on there and, and people, will, people will call you. Everybody right. you need, uh, real estate agents, title companies, attorneys, everyone you need is at a RIA group. Everybody. Awesome. Awesome. So, hey, listeners, take note. All right. We just gave you a, a surefire way of finding yeah. a house, putting it on the contract and finding the end buyer. And all you got to do is take a little bit from in between. That's your fee. And you can make money without ever owning a piece of property. And that's the key. People get a house on a contract. Like, well, I have to find money to buy it. It's like, no. Wholesale it to a rehab or a landlord. They have money. That's what they do. Mm -hmm. So they have money. So you don't even really need the money. And I wholesaled, I mean, gosh, I don't know. I wholesaled a couple hundred houses when I first started. And even today to this day, now, 30 years later, I still give homeowners a $10 deposit. If they balk at it, find a different deal. There's a million okay. people out there that need help. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Just go and find the next person. That's great. All right. Let's talk about... Um, well, Jerry Rodriguez says amazing content. Thank you, Jerry. Um, Thanks, Jerry. What was or what were some of your biggest mistakes going into <laughs> or doing real estate? Because, you know, a lot of people, you know, and, and I want to preface this because, you know, we, we bring people on the shows and you have your podcast as well. And everybody's talking, well, I did this deal and I did that deal. And it's all, you know, wonderful and rosy and it's amazing, but they never see the struggles. They never see the, you know, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Situations. And, you know, they think it's just, you know, all roses and, and everything, but right. And I'm just laughing because I have three deals that popped into my head that were disasters. So <laughs> one house I bought, and this was a this was a house like in the first, it was like within my first two years. So I was still green, you know. And again, we I didn't have there the only thing that ever was on television was Carlton Sheets. Mm -hmm. those Carlton Sheets videos. So there were no trainers, there were no Rio groups, there weren't things that so I didn't have really anything to compare to. But I bought one house here in Florida. And I will never forget. I was in the house and there was bugs everywhere. So I'm just like, you know, I'm going to have to put a tent on this house. That was a mess. Well, there were termites. Oh. I did not know what termites were. And this house ended up with so much termite damage. Even all the trusses in the roof, every inch of that house was eaten up with termites. Oh, so man. I'm having to put sister beams in the, in the roofs. I'm having to redo the drywall, even the kitchen cabinets were just decimated by termite damage. Now this was a house I probably would have made $30,000, I was fixing it up. And it had so much work that I ended up making 2,500 bucks. So I ended up putting like $30,000 into this house. Now granted at that moment I had the money, but I was gonna do like a quick $10,000 just kind of clean it up. No, it was destroyed, it was destroyed. and. I bought another one, uh, and this is all like in the same year or two. I, I found another house that had a bunch of fire damage. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, the bank came in, they redid the electro. I was like, oh, this looks good. Well, I did not know that what's worse than fire damage is the water damage, putting the fire out. Every inch, every piece of that drywall in that house was like powder oh. because it was soaked. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. And I knew nothing about that. And that was another one that I barely, barely made a dollar. And I bought one that, uh, and I actually bought this one without doing any title work on it. Cause it was like, Hey, this deal came up. If you can close on it tomorrow, you can have it. It was real cheap. It was up in West Palm, 11,000 bucks. I'm like, ah, it's 11 grand. I'll buy it. You know, at this time I have a little bit of money. So I go back to the house about a week later to look at it and assess it and see what I'm going to do with it. And it's gone. I'm driving them down the street. I'm like, okay, maybe it's on the terrace. You know, the terraces, the circles, the avenues. I'm driving around. I can't find this house. So I go back to where I think the house is. I have the address. And I'm looking at this house. I'm looking at the next address. I see a vacant lot. And I keep going. My house got demoed. It oh, had a demo yeah. order on it. It was completely gone, demoed to the ground with a big piece of plywood that the, the demo guys wrote, spray painted in orange, the address. And then the city sent me a bill for $5,000 for the demo work. Oh, no. <laughs> and I was like, how did that happen? Like, and I was like, oh, you said you would close right away. And, I had to close, and you didn't do title work. And we didn't find that. And I was like, okay, I have got to start doing more background search on these deals. <laughs> so it was not all roses. But that was one of my funniest ones. Because I just remember thinking, like, oh, I'm on the wrong street. Just driving, 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 trying to find this house. And, and it was demo. It was gone. 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 Demo order. So what I'm hearing is, guys, do your research. Do your due diligence. Never close on a house without a title search. Even if it's like, hey, it's got to close by Friday. It's a, or I don't care if you have to pay extra. Never do a house without doing some, some title work. And if it's got anything, if there's a bug flying around in the house, have somebody look at it. Because mm -hmm. termite, I didn't know. I, I don't know what termite is. Uh, I do now. But yeah. I, I learned a lot of lessons along the way because I didn't know. I didn't have anyone to, to train me on things like that. Mm -hmm. So I made a lot of bonehead, a lot of bonehead mistakes. <laughs> sure. sure, absolutely. And, and sure. But, but that's how we learn, right? We learn from our mistakes. It's how we learn. And they're funny to talk about. You know, now, of course, it's funny to talk about. But the house that got demoed, I was just like, I was so embarrassed at that point. I was investing five, six, seven years. Like I should know better. And I thought, Oh my gosh, what? So it was a humbling moment. That's great. That's great. Absolutely. Right. Sometimes <laughs> I mean, it's not all like sunshine and rainbows. There are things, but the nice thing now Nissan is that there are so many people like you and like me that can share the things that we've done and we can also work with people and teach them and train them things to look for right. so that they don't do that. Mm -hmm. That's right. So let's, 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 let's get into that. Let's yeah, I never had one student in 25 years that bought a house with a demo order because they say, do your due diligence. Mm -hmm. So you can take your mistakes and hide them or you can just tell the world and say, hey, look, uh, you know, I do dumb stuff too. And then you can help people not do those things. That's right. So you also created a coaching program. Yeah, yeah, we do. Uh, we do a lot of mentoring. I really like I, I just really like mentoring people because real estate investing completely changed the entire trajectory of my life. Like everything about my life changed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I there was nothing special about me. I mean, I was fired from all my jobs. I was a complete drug addict in my 20s. I was a crazy woman. And it's like, listen, if a girl that was like, Fired from Denny's in the middle of the night can turn around and make that happen. I promise you that you can too. So I am very big into coaching and mentoring people 
because I really believe uh, in working for yourself, first of all, you're, like you said, instead of making your boss rich for 40 years, why not make yourself and your family and your generations? That's right. Keep that in the family. Mm -hmm. So I'm really big. And I also really like trying to help people uh, wean off their job and get into full-time investing. So I, I like to help people make that transition because it is scary to actually quit your job, especially if you have kids and you're, you know, oh, yeah. you get lost, you got paying your mortgage and you're like, Oh, I don't know. It sounds like fun, but I can't do it. But you can, you can do it. How long do you think it would take someone to transition from their job flipping houses to, you know, where they could actually quit their job and, and do this full time? You know, it's, that is a great question. One of my things is one of my superpowers is like helping people transition. So this is this is how I have people do it. And, and I know there's a lot of different like guru type people that have all different schools of thought. But I say, so let's just say an example. Someone says, hey, listen, I make $1,000 a week and I have to have my job. I have to pay my bills. I'm like, okay, can you live on $1,000 a week? Yes, I can. Okay, so here's what you do. We wholesale three houses. You make 20 grand a deal. You put it in the bank. You quit your job. And now you pay yourself $1,000 a week. You don't pay off all your bills. You don't pay off all your credit cards. You don't pay off all your car. You don't go buy a bunch of stupid stuff. You just, now you put yourself on a budget because you're already mm -hmm. paying your bills and yeah, it might be tight. So you put yourself on that budget and now you've got 40 hours a week to invest in real estate. So it does not take very many months to where you've got four, five, six, seven deals and that money's in the bank. And then you give yourself a raise and you take $2,000 a week. And then when you feel like you have, you know, you know what you're doing, you've got some money, maybe you give yourself $3,000 a week. Mm -hmm. But if you can live on whatever you're living on and you can put six months of money in the bank and not want to pay everything off, but keep yourself on the same exact budget, you can leave here and go here and still know, okay, I have six months in the bank. If I can't make it happen in six months, I can go back and get a job. And okay. honestly, You've got 40 hours a week and all your bills are paid and you can't and you're investing for six months and you can't make anything happen that's a well, sign of the universe that you should just quit <laughs> right it's a sign that you should go get your job back go get your job back so i and people and, and most people are like oh no i'm gonna pay off my car pay off my credit card and pay off pay off pay off pay off but all the time you're doing that you're trying to work your full-time job you're trying to do investing on the side and when everything mm -hmm. gets tight especially your time People stop investing and keep the job because mm -hmm. it's secure. So right. keep the money, quit the job, mm -hmm. budget, and then give yourself a raise. Absolutely. And it's really Absolutely. not hard to do. Most most people can flip, uh, can wholesale two houses and quit their job. Sure, sure. That's what I tell people as well. You know, if you want, you know, you can, you can not, you can flip multifamily as well. Yeah. You commercial, multifamily, storage, and vacant land. You can everything. wholesale everything. 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 We're wholesaling buildings. Mm -hmm. That's right. I, buildings. Yeah, I flipped a $27 million multifamily property. I flipped right a there. 27 unit multifamily property, made $80,000 on that flip. Yeah. So, you, you know, you can you can do it. It just You just got to go out and take action. You just got to go out and do it, right? And, you know, I tell people, don't be afraid of the zeros because – like you made $80,000 on a deal, it's $27 million. Most people would see a $27 million property and be like, it's like, but what if it was $27,000? Right. You'd do it, but because there's so many zeros, your mind is like, ooh, mm -hmm. I can't do that. But to wholesale a $27,000 house, 
for $27 million house, it's the exact same steps. It's just more zeros. That's right. People get intimidated by, well, clearly by the numbers. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Sure. You know, I mean, somebody making fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year, and now you're telling them that they can make twenty thousand dollars in a month or in a week by flipping a house, they, they they just can't comprehend that. No. You know, their mind doesn't work the same way. Yeah. Right? It, it's so true. It just doesn't. And and I tell people all the time, hey, listen, you got two hundred thousand dollars house, you can make twenty grand per wholesale all the time. Do one a month, just one a month. Out of mm -hmm. all the weeks in the month, do one deal a month. It's not hard to do, but it is hard for people sometimes to wrap their mind around the fact that if they can do it. Right. How do you get them past that hurdle? Well, if they are working with me, I basically don't give them any breaks. I'm like, listen, you're going to work with me. You're going to be accountable. You're going to knock on doors. You're going to talk to me. We're going to mail postcards. So I have this thing I call an accountability log. I make people fill it out every week and send it to me, showing me that they're actively working the business. And if you actively work the business, you can't help but find a deal. Right. You know, you know that if you're acting, if you sit home and watch TV, that's another story. But if you're actually out there making stuff happen, I, I feel like it's almost impossible. Mm -hmm. if you're talking to people in distress, if, especially even if it takes you six months, it doesn't matter because once you know, you know, once you close one deal, something in our head goes, hey, we can do that. We did one. We can do more. That's and there's right. something that lets go in our brain, and all of a sudden, we can see the big picture. It's it's the belief. Suddenly the belief sets in and says, oh, wow, this, is, this isn't bullshit. This is real. I can actually, and I can do it. Yeah. Right? So yeah. once that belief sets in, then, then, then it just starts to really happen. Then, then, you know, the, 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 the client, the student, why not, then they pour gasoline on what they're doing because now, <laughs> now they believe it. Yeah. Right? No, I have people that get a deal in a week. I have people that get a deal in a month. I have people that's like six months. I'm like, what is going on? It's six months later. But they're they just get stuck by the fear, you know. The, I think fear of success is as high as fear of failure. Absolutely. And then you know, you know people. I know you know this. You know people that <clears throat> they really want to do well, but their friends and their family are sort of naysayers. Um, it's a bunch of get rich quick. You can't really do that. Why do you think you can do it? And mm -hmm. even though people mean well for you, they're not always your biggest fans. Sometimes your biggest fans are people like me and you. Mm -hmm. I don't care about the naysayers. Like, listen, forget all that. Get rid of their voice and put my voice into your head. That's and right. listen to me tell you, you can do it. Absolutely. You know, when I when I moved back to the U.S., I, I'd left I, I'd left New York when I was 27. Uh -huh. I'd gone traveling the world. I was a long-haired hippie. I had dreadlocks <laughs> down below my butt. I had a long goatee over here. And when I started doing multifamily, I was going into all these different networking events and, you know, these different uh, boot camps and whatnot to network and meet people. And, and this guy walks up to me and he goes, do you actually think that people are going to give you money with that long hair of yours? I said, well, you know, if they if that's what stops people from investing in me, if they can't see that, then I don't want to I don't want them in my group. I don't want them in my deals. Right. They got pink hair. Right. Us, listen, if you can't get past the fact that my hair is pink, you are not need to be in, in my group. My my business partner, she changes her, the color of her hair almost every other week. One week it's purple, one week it's blue, one week it's pink. You know, and and we kind of do that just to mess with people in a way as yeah. well. Yeah, 
I do the same thing. Since COVID, I've had uh, purple, lavender, uh, shades of red, shades of purple, shades of black, shades of blue. But I got the pink. I was like, all right, you know what? I think I'm digging the pink right now. It works. And uh, and when I do show up sometimes to speak at an event, people and I come in in my jeans. I've got it on like jeans and a shirt and you know my pink hair, and they're like, um, was that what you're wearing? Mm -hmm. I mean, I am. And so I've had a few people that 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 hired me to come to an event, and they were really taken back when I got there. <laughs> I was like, listen, someone only needs to talk to me for three minutes and know that I'm smart. And if they're so distracted by that, then that's good. Then they don't need to do it. That's right. That's right. But I'd love to see a picture of you with the long hair. I want to see that picture. I'll show it to you. I'll get it to you. <laughs> Absolutely. But it's true. You know, the naysayers are, you know, I always tell people, find somebody who has what you want, do what they did, and you'll get what they got. Right. Exactly. If you're listening to someone who's never flipped a house, who's never bought real estate, or the only real estate that they've ever owned is the house that they live in, why would you take their advice? Bingo. Why are you listening to people making $15 an hour and you want to make $20,000 a deal? Why are you listening? Because that is sometimes the people that we have in our our, our moms or dads or brothers or cousins or friends, like that's where they're at. But you you have to listen to people like me and you that like, okay, we love those people and we have them in our family too, but we went over here. So you have to mm -hmm. listen to the people that have what you want. Right. Absolutely. But here's the thing. People see you need something. Oh, I want what he has. But are they actually willing to work as hard as you did to get it? Right. Absolutely. And that's the second thing. It did not fall out of the sky for either of us. It did mm -hmm. not fall out of the sky for me. And people are like, oh, Dwan, you have the best life. You have houses, you have this, you have that, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yeah, but I worked my ass off. That's right. That's so right. if you want it, wanting it and having it are two different things. I remember in 2009, uh, before I moved to Florida, I was living in Israel. Oh, and, my God. I live in Israel so bad. Oh, it's a beautiful place. Oh. And I opened up the first raw vegan restaurant in Israel. So that was also people going, well, you're crazy. What are you, what are you doing? You know, raw food, right? It was a huge hit. People from all over Israel came and whatnot. But the point is when, when we moved back to Florida, I'm from New York originally. Right. So being out of the country for 15 years, my network dissipated. I didn't have any more contacts or anything. And then on top of that, moving to Boca, I didn't know anybody in Boca. I didn't know anybody yeah. in Florida. I didn't know what areas. So I had a lot of catching up to do. So I would spend days and days and days driving from Miami all the way to Jupiter, just driving neighborhoods, learning, focusing, walking properties, you know, getting out of my car and looking at, at, at different properties and having people come from running up to, hey, what are you doing on my property? I'm sorry. I didn't realize it. All these different encounters because yeah. I had to learn. I had to, there was nothing for me to fall back on. I'm, I'm not a college graduate. I, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't go that traditional route. Yeah. So I have nothing to fall back on. So I have only this to, to do. And I, and you know, when, when you don't have anything to fall back on, this is what you must do. Then, you know, there's nothing else. You, you have to be successful. And that's the kind of mindset I drill into yeah. the people that I work with as well as, you know, you can't sit there and say, oh, I'll try to do this. And if it doesn't work, I'll do something else. And that's why I have this guy behind me. Right. I'm what does he always tell Luke Skywalker? Do or do not. But don't give me this bullshit that you're trying. Exactly. And, you right? know, I feel like 
because uh, I, I meet people that go, well, you know, if this doesn't work, I can go back and you know, get my job that my degree is from or whatever. And I feel like if you start off with a backup plan, yeah, that's a success. Like for me, it was like, okay, raise this child or be at Denny's and I'm not going back there. Mm -hmm. I only have to go forward. I, I, there's no other place for me to go. Like, where are you going to go from Denny's? Like Waffle House? I <laughs> where am I going from there? I hop. And uh, so I just sort of had the mindset that this has to work because I don't know what else to do. Mm -hmm. That's right. So That's I agree right. with you on that. People, people um, sometimes leave an out. And then I think with an out, you don't maybe push as hard or you get a little, you know, a bump along the road and it gives you an excuse to go, well, okay, that just didn't work for me, but right. it, it won't work for everybody. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. You can't, you can't give yourself that out or else you're going to take that out. It's too easy to take the out. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I was like you, I was just like, you know, I mean, I didn't come back into the country like that, but I had the same mindset. Like I have to make this work. I That's don't right. want to drop off my daughter at 7 a.m. and pick her up at 6 at night and give her dinner. That's mm -hmm. not how I want to raise her. I'm not doing that. Right. And right. I didn't get married until she was 13. So I was like 13 years. I was working, doing it, buying rentals, making stuff happen because I didn't ever want to go back, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then my husband, by the time he met me, I was like, listen, dude, I've been doing this 13 years. I've done all these deals. I've got rentals. I've got, I've got that. You better be bringing a whole lot to the table. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've already got all this stuff. I'm not going to be somebody's housewife. But that's that's, that's also, but that's also a great, but that's also a great place to come from. Yeah. Right. When you're yeah. when you're building a relationship with someone, that's a great place to be at. Saying, look, this is this is what I've done. I'm not coming to you to hang on to you and to be dependent on you. I'm coming to you because this is what I bring. What do yeah. you bring? Let's let's do this. Let's okay. do this thing called life together. Together, and you know, it's funny. My husband and uh, his first wife is wonderful, but she was just very traditional. She really likes, you know, cooking three meals a day. She likes the housework. They, you know, the kid, the forces. Like she's really traditional. And when I first met her, I said, "Okay, I just need to make sure you understand. If you think I'm going to be doing laundry and cooking and cleaning." I am the wrong woman for you to marry. We're going to have a house manager. We're going to have a cook, a cleaner, a nanny. We're going to have all these things as I'm not doing those things. And mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with people that do that, but that's just not me. So I was like, you need to fully understand. <laughs> sure. Looking for someone like, Hey, go wash a load of clothes. Don't even look at my directions. That's not happening. <laughs> that's awesome. That's great. That's great. Ah. All right. We've got a few minutes left. Uh, tell me what advice do you have for new for newbies getting into the real estate field. I and, then I, I, and then I heard that you also have a free gift for my listeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If people just oh, go okay. to dwanderful.com, dwanderful.com, and just opt in, I've got four free eBooks, and one's on short sales, flipping, uh, wholesaling, uh, some scripts, a little bit about rehabbing. So it, it kind of give people sort of a, hey, here's a couple fun things. And, you know, to, to see what they like. And I, I feel like I feel like if someone was really new, especially if money is an issue, they should wholesale first. But after you get a little bit of money and you're out of your job and now you're able to get yourself in a group, I think they should sort of sample the different things that are out there because they might find out they have a real passion for something else. Mm 
Mm -hmm. Like there's commercial deals, there's storage units, you know, there's vacant land, there's construction, there's houses, there's flipping, there's rehab, there's land, there's subject twos. There's a million things out there. And I feel like for me personally, I have a few things that I really like to do more. That doesn't mean I don't do the other things, but I like these things more. If you're going to work for yourself, I think find the things that you like delegate the things that like you don't like i delegate all my paperwork because i don't like paperwork it stresses me out i look at a pile of papers and my chest just plunges and i'm like <laughs> i can't breathe so delegate the things out hire out the things that don't make you any money as you're going mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and and do what you love do the part of it that you love you love the entire industry but do the part of it that you love so that you really enjoy every day you look forward to what you're doing I agree. I agree a hundred percent. I I'm 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 starting a book that I want to write. I want to call it the art of delegation. Oh, you know it's funny you said. I'm mean, just real quick. I know we have time limit here. Um, the biggest thing for me in the beginning was delegating, and I did every single thing myself. All my taxes, all my paperwork. I would even when I had three or four houses going, I'd go to Home Depot, get all the supplies. Second day, I was such a control freak, mm-hmm. and I was flying somewhere. And I picked up a little book at an airport. It's just like a little, like one of those, you know, 50 page reads. And it was about delegating. And I read that book on that plane. And I thought, no reason, no, no wonder. I'm so tired and so exhausted. I delegate nothing. Mm-hmm. And I read that book. And I thought, okay, I'm going to delegate every single thing that I don't enjoy. And I hired a housekeeper. That's when I fired my first housekeeper. I got a transaction a, a coordinator to do all the paperwork on my deal. I got a bookkeeper. I got a crew to uh, hire someone to run my crews. And I did the things I enjoyed, which were finding the deals. Cause I do like working with homeowners in distress because I was that woman. And I really liked helping people learn the business. And I kind of stuck to those two things. And I'm telling you, I am the master delegator. And sometimes my husband's like, gosh, you delegate everything. I'm like, I know, but I, I don't need to do that. That's right. And I that's know how to do it. But, but I do believe you should learn all the aspects of the business. Right. So when you do delegate it, you know they're doing a good job for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, well, no, in the beginning also, people, you know, you, I mean, to delegate, you, you, you know, you have to hire people. Yeah. So in, in the beginning, we have to do everything ourselves. We have to. Right. But we that's also that, that having to do everything ourselves also teaches us, like you said, how to do it. So when you're overseeing someone, you're like, okay, they're doing it correctly. Or, you know what, let me step in and show you what success looks like over here. And now you can copy that. I have so many people that say, well, you know, I'm going to hire a bird dog. That's the first thing they want to hire. It's like, well, do you know how to secure contracts? No, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to hire a bird dog to do that. How do you know if you're doing a good job if you didn't even do it for a year? Right. So I am a big believer that you need to do even the rehabbing. You know, if you don't know how to rehab, take some classes, learn what things cost. Mm-hmm. Know what a good job looks like, so you know someone's doing a good job for you. But I am a massive fan. <laughs> I told my husband, I said, "Listen, you can delegate anything you want, except for me." <laughs> <laughs> ah, I do not delegate it off, and neither does he. But true. it's hard to do for people. I mean, for me anyway, it was very hard to let go. Plus, now you're hiring someone, so now you're responsible for somebody else's paycheck. So mm-hmm. you can't just schluck off for months on end. This person is getting paid. Right. So now it's like, okay, oh, now I'm doing houses and I got an employee. But I'm telling you, man, delegating is, I, I made my first million 
after I start delegating. I could never mm -hmm. get to that because I had too many other things, too many tasks. And I couldn't get to like the giant money because I was doing everything. That's right. Delegating mm -hmm. makes you more money. Absolutely. Dwan said delegating makes more money because there it's hard. It was very hard for me. Even today, I still find myself a little bit one to micromanage. I'm like, no, 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 I can't, 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 can't. Nope, can't do it because then I'm, I'm back in doing everything. I can't do it. Absolutely. I agree. A hundred percent. Awesome. Dwan, this is, this has been a fantastic show. Thank you so much. I've had a lot of fun. It was great. Great information. How can people get a hold of you? Just dwonderful.com. Uh, I'm on Facebook at dwonderful, Instagram at dwonderful, TikTok, dwontastic. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> I'm everywhere. Nisa, well, thank you for having me on. I'm so excited to meet you. Next time I come down, we're going to go have to have dinner. Absolutely. So are, are you are you in yeah. Florida now? I am. This is my house in Florida. Yeah, okay. Lake Ida is right out. See the doors? Lake Ida yeah. is right there. Okay. Well, I'm going to be at Uncle Mike's today in Boca and in, in Federal. It's a nice little bar right by my house. So if you want to come and, you know, we can have a drink together. Yay. Thank you for having me on. Thank you guys for listening too. Absolutely. And, and thank you travelers for being out there and listening and, and supporting us. Uh, we're going to be here next week, same time, same channel. Who knows where on Spaceship Earth. But I look forward to having everybody on the call, on the, on the show. Uh, again, next week, we've got Bailey Kramer. And also, don't forget, you can pick up my $7 perfect money-raising system right now where I teach you and I show you on my perfect money-raising system how I go out and raise capital for all of my deals so I don't have to come out of pocket. I'm also doing my BOGO, buy one, get one group coaching. So if you, buy, if you sign up now for the group coaching, you pay for, what are we, May, you get June free. I'm also doing a referral program. So if you join the you join the group coaching and you refer people and they join, for every person that you bring in, you get a free month as well. Until next time, I'm Nitsan Mosby, the traveling investor. Travel well, travel safe, and I'll see you somewhere on Spaceship Earth. Take care.